Welcome to another spy-filled episode of Cineblokes. I'm Benjamin Baker. And I'm Burroughs. Kalen Burroughs. Are you going to do that every time? Or just when we just what? when we see a Bond film? No, I think, I think it's just the first time. And then from, the, from then on, I'll just, I'll, you know, you can just call me Burroughs. You know? Yeah. Like you're, you're M, but you're B. <laughs> Instead. I don't, think, I don't think that's the same connotation. You. Yeah, I'd be like, what up, B? <laughs> no, 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 doesn't, doesn't work in the spy world you're trying to make us fit into. Oh. oh I'm sorry. It's it's a good idea. I like where your mind's at. I really do. Yeah. Um, well, but I don't think bursting into my office and going, hey, B, I don't think that works the same as M. I mean, if you say so, <laughs> I've not actually attended spy college. Yeah, I, look, I just don't know that I could rename myself Benjamin Maker. I just don't think that that yeah. works as well. Old Benjamin. <laughs> Old Benjamin Maker. <laughs> um, right, well, this, <laughs> we've just come from the cinema. I'm very sorry about the name confusion. Um, but yeah, we've just come from the cinema. We have seen James Bond 007 No Time to Die Spectre 2. Um, yeah. I don't think that's all the titles. I no. think it's I think it's just 007, No Time to Die. I think it's just No Time to Die, Is really? it just No Time to Die? Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> anyway, we've seen the film. Yeah, I uh, mean, I like your I like your title, though. Yeah. Oh, I like Spectre 2, Cruise yeah. Control. You yeah, know? just bringing them all together. Yeah. Spectre 2, Electric Boogaloo. It's, it's perfect. Uh, but yeah, the... Uh, Finale, if you will, yeah, of the old uh, Daniel Craig Bond era. Yeah, this is uh, this is the last film, presumably, that he is going to be a part of. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, look, we're going to talk about it. No spoilers up top. Uh, you, you'll you'll know when we're going to get into the nitty gritty of this film. Um, yeah, so this is this is essentially the send off. That's how it's kind of built uh, for for this particular Bond. Yeah, what well, what I think is most funny. Is there's so many people that have been like, oh, Bond, he, he's been, Daniel Craig's been Bond for 15 years, breaking the record held by Roger Moore. And it's like, yeah, but he's only made like five films. It's not, it's one, one, one movie every few, like three years or so. You can't just be yeah. like, yeah, no, he's, he's tops. He's been Bond the longest. Yeah, well, and this one has had countless delays. Uh, I mean, uh, this film was supposed to come out what at the top of 2020 i think like yeah, it feels right it's been a very long time that this film has been sitting on the docket uh for it to get an actual release date so maybe that claim to fame is is not quite the the stretch yeah. i mean most of us just write off 2020 anyway so technically that year doesn't count yeah, look, this might have even been 2019. I, it really might have been. I, I know that this film has, uh, among many other films, but this one in particular, I feel like has had more delays than most. Uh, and it's it's been a finished film for quite some time that's been shelved, uh, just, you know, obviously due to the pandemic and release and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, you want to go by just number of films. He's like third in, in the ranks. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just barely edging out. <laughs> What, Brosnan? Brosnan, yeah, yeah. Because he did, what? Four. Four, right? Four, yeah. he yeah. did four of them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and three of them are good. Um, 
And you could say the same about this you, you franchise. Probably, probably could, actually. Because um, what is it? People, it's Quantum of Solace and, and Spectre, I think, of the two that everyone's like, meh. Yeah, and more so, I think, Quantum of Solace, because that... Quantum of Solace is one of those things where, like, they didn't actually have the rights to Spectre yet, and so they couldn't yeah. use it, and so they, like, just renamed Spectre, but had them operate pretty much exactly the same way, yeah. and then it, it never really landed, because we were all like, yeah, no, but it's Spectre. It's yeah. <laughs> there was also a, a writer's strike going on at that time. Yeah, so that's apparently right. Apparently, they just was plagued with issues. But what's funny is, I don't even dislike that film. <laughs> I like the Bond girl. She's one of my favourite Bond girls. She's a good, she's, you know? she's a good Bond girl. But admittedly, the villain is pretty weak suck. Yes. <laughs> but then again, one could say the same about Blofeld from Spectre. That's, that's true. So, yeah. But that has nothing to do with this. <laughs> no, it, 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 but it does, though. It does. And, and Because uh, it's all connected. It's all connected. And, and that, you know, I, I don't know what you want to tackle first. Um, uh, well, so I guess writing and directing. All right, so we'll talk because that has a bit to do with plot without revealing too much. Um, yeah, so writers, directors. Uh, so the t- there's a lot of writers on this, by the way. Yeah, so one of the <laughs> one of the writers is also the director. Yes. Uh, thankfully, not all the writers are directors because that would also be weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so you've got Kerry Joji Fukunaga, <laughs> uh, who is one of the writers and he's also the director of the film. And he has done such works as uh, the, you know, True Detective. The good one, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, other things. <laughs> he, he, wrote, he wrote It, the good one. Yeah, yes, yes. So, yes. So, a lot of strength there. Yeah. Um, there. There is, it's, there is a lot of, if you're a fan of True Detective, the good one. Uh, the good season. Uh, if you're a fan of the good season, then there is a lot to be, uh, taken from just kind of his visuals and the way that he, uh, he's a very capable director. And I think that came through a lot in things like, uh, True Detective. Uh, I mean, the, the director, I, there, there's a scene in this film that very much reminds me of a scene in season one of True Detective. It's just got the same, vibe the same camera work the set all of it. it it's all very much you can tell that he's got a knack for those types of things it's all done very well it, it's not a scene where i'm like oh this bloke tried to do that in something else and it didn't work like it definitely works um but yeah he, it's it, there's a lot of this film that i can see comparisons to some of the other things that he's done yeah it does beg the question like why it, this is one of those where you wonder with the where the script is concerned if the director just gets some screenplay credit because, like, he changed stuff as they was going along, <laughs> yeah. or if he was actively part of it, because two of the writers on this, mm-hmm. uh, old Neil Purvis and Robert Wade, they've actually been writing on all the Daniel all Craig, the Daniel Craig films. ones, yeah, right. So it's natural for them to come back. But then, in addition to them, you've got Kerry, and then you've also got Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who um, who is also known for such things as uh, Fleabag, mm-hmm. Killing Eve, S- S- Solo, A Star Wars Story. <laughs> Don't say that too loud. Yeah, so, you know, but I mean, she's done some good things, but it's also mostly television. Yeah. And right. was she brought in to punch it up in some way? Yeah, it's it's very strange because, I mean, and look, Carrie is a writer as well, so he, he wrote on that first season also. 
uh, in addition to directing episodes. So he's clearly, it probably has something to do on his part that he's a capable director and he's also a capable writer. So they gave him a writing credit and they let him kind of be in the writer's room. But adding a fourth one, it just seems a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, you know, we... We have issues, generally speaking, when you've got that many writers involved. Yeah. Movies have problems. I wouldn't say this has that many problems. I, I do yeah. feel that the film gets a little slow in the middle. Right. But overall, I think it was a pretty decent end to this saga, this story, yeah. I guess. Sure. So, you know, we've definitely seen worse with four writers involved. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we have. We've seen worse with three. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think when it comes to writing, plot, directing, so I do feel that the film is directed well. Uh, I think there's a lot to be had visually. And, and like I said, I think that Carrie really does have a good direction uh, in, in his work behind the camera. There's some really beautiful shots uh, It's in the way that he kind of frames action. I think it's done very well. Um, and writing-wise, I think my biggest issue, two things really, is one... If you are not invested in this Daniel Craig story, particularly Spectre, uh, this film is going to make no sense to you whatsoever. Uh, it is very much predicated on the things that have happened prior to this film. Uh, so much so to the point where I had to lean over to Kalen and ask him if I've missed something. And he had to, he had to give me the cliff notes while the music was playing. Some of the quickest nutshelling in the history of the world. <laughs> So, all right, so she's him and you're her, but not in front of them. <laughs> I mean, it is true, though. You see, even if you've seen the films, if you haven't refreshed yourself on it, which I suppose if you're listening to this, maybe it's because you're a fan of us, but that's that's unlikely. <laughs> it's probably because you're a fan of Bond. Right. And you're asking yourself right now, well, what, you didn't rewatch all the movies before you went and saw this one? No, we did not. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, it was very evident by my confusion yeah. up top. I did I did some light brushing up <laughs> in that I watched other people talking about the other films. <laughs> Smart. So I felt caught up. Yeah. And so I was able to fill you in on it. But yeah, if, if you hadn't come in directly off the previous film, you might be like, wait, who's that then? Yeah. You know? Yeah. This film is very much, it really, and I make the joke of Spectre too, but... It really does feel that way. It feels like these two films are just part one and part two of each other. Um, that, that's how connected they are to, to them. So if you're not familiar with the events of Spectre, if you're not going to go back and you know watch the film, brush up on the cliff notes and, and get a good synopsis because you, this film is very much reliant on previous entries. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the whole Daniel Craig thing has been telling an overarching narrative and you probably wouldn't even be a bad idea to go back and watch them all. Just yeah, you could, you could honestly, you could probably, and I hate saying this because I do like it, but you could probably skip Quantum of Solace. Yes, <laughs> not probably, just almost just entirely. Go, you can skip Quantum of Solace. Just, just go, <laughs> go Casino Royale. Uh, what Skyfall? I don't even think it needs Skyfall. Really? It, it, I, I would I would say this. If you're trying to just understand the events of what's no. happening here, you could go no, Casino you got, No, you, you could, got, you could you go Casino Royale, you could go Spectre, and then you could go No Time to Die. No, you gotta have Skyfall. You can't you can't go Casino Royale and then 
We were like, wait, why did Dame Judi Dench become <laughs> oh, Ralph Yeah, Fiennes? that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about the gender bender. That's yeah, right. Got, I'm sorry. <laughs> you need some clarification there. <laughs> you can see how unversed I am <laughs> in this James Bond, Daniel Craig franchise. Um, but yeah, you know, but I don't feel that's really a bad thing because this has been it. This isn't like your classic, you know, solo bonds that you could just watch one and dip out and skip a few and come back right. in and not miss a beat. You know, you need this. They're telling an overall story. Yeah. Um, now, whether you you agree with that story or not, that's that's up to you. Yeah. Um, I felt I felt this story was fine. <laughs> the villain of the piece was rather underwritten I think yeah yeah uh, and especially when and, and like I said we're not going to do spoilers but when it comes to the events that they're trying to make take place uh, it doesn't quite add up to the person behind it all yeah. uh, it, they're just not very imposing they're not very threatening their motivations are very very poorly written um, and it just it it doesn't quite come together the way that you would want it to. And and I, I will say this, though. None of that necessarily takes away from, you know, this being Daniel Craig's kind of send-off. I, I feel like that was handled very well, and I think it was treated well. But I agree with you. The, the villain of the piece is just very, yeah, just underwritten and underwhelming, where you're yeah. just kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care what you're trying to do, mate. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to use that as a segue into... Acting. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So, uh, old Daniel Craig. Yeah. He's back, baby. That's right. Even though he doesn't want to be. Or... <laughs> I will say this, though. I will say this. He definitely made it. He acted more like he wanted to be there than he did in previous entries, particularly Spectre, because I remember even in the opening action scene of that film, I was like, mate. You can at least pretend you want to be doing something. Other, like, pretend you want to be here. Just just lie to me, mate. You're an actor. That's what we're paying you for. He looks so bored, that whole film. So, oh, look, I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to get into a big thing about this. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Bond, you know, because, uh, you know, the thing about it, he's been playing Bond for 15 years now. It's been 15 years since Casino Royale. Right. Um, and I wouldn't say it shows he stayed in shape he still looks good yeah. however when you see the the love interest and I don't know why this didn't come up when I watched Spectre but for whatever reason in this because they're taking the relationship so much more seriously I was like she's old enough to be your daughter mate <laughs> and I just I just looked up her age and actually, it stood out to me the most because so, the one of your favourites. Oh yeah, uh, Anna Diarmas. Yes, right. Yes, she is. Love she, her. She's in this sh briefly, and uh, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not giving anything away. It's she's just got a small part in yeah, the film. Right. That's all. Um, but she's great. However, they they were doing sort of like flirty stuff, and I was like, I don't. Are you gonna go there? <laughs> I don't. I hope you don't go there, because <laughs> because Daniel Craig was born in what nineteen? I think nineteen sixty-eight. Well, yeah, nineteen sixty-eight. Okay, uh, your girl was born. In you can call her what she is. She's no. my she's my girlfriend. Nineteen 
88. Yeah, I, look, this... That's 30 years <laughs> Listen, listen. And, I, and, and the woman who plays his love interest in the film was born in 1985. <laughs> I, look, his, this, is, this is an integral problem with James Bond to begin with. Uh, because most of the films it's in the true. franchise across the board have that disparity in age. Yeah, especially with Roger Moore. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so while... Straight up granddad having, yeah. having a shag. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so, the idea of an old man playing a spy just running through younger women yeah. is, is kind of a staple I, of James Bond. I think... And I, I will also say this, that is one of the things I feel like Daniel Craig has done a little bit better but that's what I feel like it's more of a problem here because they haven't done the sort of loosey goosey <laughs> James Bond you know just we're all from the everyone. 60s everyone gets a shag yeah they've taken it way more serious I mean he's he's he slept with a few birds throughout but he hasn't gone crazy yeah right and really he's been hooked on Vespa since the beginning <laughs> yeah right and then when he finally gets over her it's it's for this one yeah and I, I yeah. now I'm curious how old uh <laughs> That actress was. I'm not, look, you keep talking. Yeah, I'm going to find oh, so out. What I will say is his love interest in this, she doesn't look nearly as young as the, the age would say. And that's not to say she looks older. Uh, she just, when you hear the time, when you hear the difference in when they were born, uh, it makes it sound worse than it actually looks. Because uh, she doesn't look that young. Now, if he had done anything, if he had laid a finger on my girlfriend... Uh, we'd have had issues because Anna de Armas looks how young she actually is. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it's that, what is it, Colombian beauty, I guess. Um, but yeah, she looks as young as she actually is. And so it probably would have been a bit grosser. Um, and again, this is just one of those inerrant problems with oh. Bond. Whether, whether you want to skirt around the issue and not indulge it, it still makes it awkward. Or if you want to indulge it and, and just go nuts, it still makes it kind of awkward and problematic. Ava Green was born in 1980, so... Okay, so it's not that bad. A little bit closer, but that's still... It's still, yeah, but... Like 22 years? But, to be fair, Ava Green has always looked a bit older. Even when yeah. she's younger, she always looks... She does, and also... She looks like a woman, But if also, that makes sense. I mean, Daniel Craig also looked younger at the time. Yeah, it was, right. Again, 15 years ago. But she did look more equal his age. That's true. In, in that yeah, film. That's true. So, I mean, look, let's not forget uh, Pierce Brosnan and Femke Jensen definitely have an age disparity there. Well, yeah, but they didn't sleep together. She just tried to choke, leg choke him to death <laughs> yep. in a spa, in a sauna. But, but during playful sex. <laughs> no. Somebody broke a rib. <laughs> yeah, but she just gets off on hurting men there was no I, sex involved look, I, I don't know what you're into I just know that <laughs> now you want to talk Brosnan and uh, what's her face how was it Christmas Jones <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that was probably an age disparity yeah there's that one uh, what is it Denise Richards is in there somewhere that, that's, right that's what I'm talking okay, about okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that, that one's uncomfortable yeah, I and I like the, Pierce Brosnan Bond I feel like the closest he got to his own age probably was uh, with Michelle Yao in <laughs> yeah in Tomorrow Never Dies so, yeah, so the point is this is not, it's all problematic we, we've um, not even talked about the acting at this point it's <laughs> all look, problematic but everyone does fine everyone acts like they're much younger than they are 
Because of me. That is creepy. Um, uh, yeah, no, it, honestly, everybody does a fine job. Uh, some of the additions, uh, like we talked about, um, Anna de Armas is just an absolute delight. Um, yeah, again, it's no spoilers, but yeah, she's not on screen for very long. She, she really just does have kind of a bit part in this film. Uh, but she does so well that as soon as she leaves, you're like, you better bring her back. I'm, I'm going to need more of this. And if you're not, I see a spin-off, and I'm going to need that spin-off yeah. to happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone does a good job. I think this is, like you said, uh, well, you said he didn't look bored, but I, I equate that to mean, like, it's some of his best Bond acting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of emotional parts in this, and he does he does a really good job. Yeah. Um, Rami Malek is the, the new baddie in mm. this, and he does fine. But that is the character that I had issues with. And yeah, we, we were talking offline, and I, I, I'll say this so everyone can hear it. I am not sure that... I, I can't decide if I just don't like Rami Malek or I just don't like any role he's chosen in like the last four years. Because um, I'm sure Mr. Robot is fantastic television. I didn't watch the show. I really only know Rami through the roles that he's chosen in on the big screen. And... There has not been a single one where I've been like, oh, that Rami Malek, he's, he's yeah. great. Yeah, unfortunately for Rami Malek, my biggest problem with him is every time I see him, I'm like, oh, Pete Davidson's in this? <laughs> and then it takes me a bit to realise, oh, that's not Pete Davidson. <laughs> I don't know who that's more insulting for. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's insulting Rami, to be honest. Oh, but... okay. Yeah, all right, that's fair. That's fair. But that's just genetics. I can't help <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah, Rami just, he's got, he's just got such a weird delivery and I feel like he's never able to uh, pull it back or change it. Or yeah. like, It's just, but it's always very clearly Rami Malik playing someone. To be fair, I feel like that <laughs> affectation is perfect for a Bond villain. It's just that this Bond villain was just woefully yes. underwritten. Yes. If this character would have been just had more going on upstairs, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, just, absolutely. If the if motivations would have been better, yeah. uh, I think you could have given Rami <coughs> some room to play and he would have been a perfect Bond villain. Yeah, um, right. But that's... It doesn't it? It sort of feels like they put a stranglehold on on great actors who should be able to present a brilliant vi villain. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Christoph Waltz should have been... If you'd have just let him be Blofeld... Yeah, and, right. And not do this weird Austin Powers, I'm your brother thing. Yeah, no, film, you're absolutely right. He could have been brilliant. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because that's that's where Christoph really shines. That's one of the things we've learned about, you know, some of the things that he does. He does better when he's able to just be Christoph Waltz. And, and that's most notable in things like Inglorious Bastards and, uh, you know, Django Unchained, where, you know, Tarantino literally didn't invite Tarantino was so confident in how good Christoph Waltz actually can be if he just lets him go that when they did the table read uh, for Inglorious Bastards everyone was told they have to be 100% they've got to give it all there's no such thing as a lazy table read and he told Christoph Waltz to come in and do 30% so everyone's watching him and he's just barely he's phoning it in and everyone else is giving it their all and then he shows up day one of the set and everyone's like what is this and who is this man? Uh, but that's the magic of Christoph Waltz and I, I agree with you. I feel like he should have been, I should remember Blowfield. Uh, even for someone who's not 
fully invested in the Daniel Craig story or fully invested in James Bond overall. Christoph Walter's Blofeld is someone that, like, no matter what, I should remember, like, yep, that's him. Uh, absolutely, that's him. Like, and you're right, they restrict him. And you feel that not just with him, but now you feel it with Romy Malik too. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. And some <laughs> of the other Bond villains as well. Okay, a couple of them, I think, have, have had the opportunity to shine. Uh, was it... Uh, was it Javier Bardem in... Uh, yes. In uh, the... What was that? Skyfall? Skyfall? Yeah, yeah that's Skyfall. Skyfall. Yeah. Oh, I felt like he was allowed to just, you know, <laughs> be, go with it, you know? Be a scarred Anton Chagall, but yeah, just, you know... you know, <laughs> he, he got to be that, you know, more quintessential Bond villain, I yeah. felt, so... Yeah, because you, you do have to have the megalomaniac kind of uh, sociopathic mindset, right? Uh, even if you're very calculated, you, you still have to have that. Yeah. And and I don't feel like either one of those two. And they they're clearly Bond's greatest villains, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I feel like he's very restricted. Uh, what's her first Lynch? The um, what's her first name? I'm sorry, I'm blanking on it. For oh, uh, Lashana. Yes, uh, Lashana Lynch is she plays 007. Not to be confused with. James Bond, yeah. 007. In fact, we're never given the character's name. Right. Uh, but she's listed as Nomi in IMDb. So clearly she has a name. We just, yeah, we just, just don't know it. She's just always called 007. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but she's great. Uh, she She's very good. Uh, but much like Ana Diamas, she's just not given enough to do. Yeah. Under, underutilized. And look, I get it. It's a James Bond film. You want James Bond doing stuff. But this has plenty of James Bond doing right. stuff. And I felt like you could have uh, added a little bit more of these ladies doing things throughout, yeah. especially having another 007. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. and I felt like the the, adver the adverts for this were very heavy on like, oh, old old double O and new double O gonna clash. Very little of that. Yeah, yeah. Which is unfortunate because when they do clash, you're like, I like this. <laughs> yeah. They're very funny. They have great banter back and forth. Uh, you can see the difference of Bond, you know, coming back, you know, plot-wise in general. Like Bond is coming back after, you know, being in retirement. He's clearly been replaced. The The system has moved on without him. And now he's got to come back into the fold because it's his history that's being tied into what's happening. Um, and so, yeah, you should really lean into this whole old versus new, you know, new 007 versus old 007. And they should have a lot of these kind of, you know, oh, he's going to do it this way and she's going to do it this way. And, and those two, and you get some of that, but not enough for it to really, really be a driving force of either one of them, to be honest. No, I mean, you get it once. <laughs> it's it's literally like they have two scenes where they're sort of like at one time they talk and they're at odds and then but not even really because they're like just meeting each other yeah, for the first time right. and then you get one action scene where they're sort of at odds again everyone's out for the same objective but he's doing his thing she's doing her thing and you you would like to see more of that but yeah. it's whatever um, <laughs> no, it's, you're right it's fine <laughs> you're right um, yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah. I guess we could talk action real quick. Yeah, um, action, special effects, dare I say gadgets. <laughs> you may, because there's only like three. Um, <laughs> not enough Q-branch in this. There's really not. Uh, and that's a, that's a point of contention I've had with all of the Craig uh, Bonds. I just... I get it. You want to ground it in some kind of reality, and that's great. But 
you, you've got to balance it out. I, I need the, I need twinges of ridiculousness, and and they, they do that a bit, but just not enough to make you really feel the tongue in cheek. Everything is like, no, 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 we believe all of this, and it's like, but I don't, and I don't want to. Like, yeah. that's not what I'm here for. They've been very, on the just uh, the franchise as, as a whole has been very on the fence about leaning into the camp I want to say of the original and it does feel like they've sort of loosened up a bit as they've gone right you've 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 got little glimpses of it as you've gone along you know like for whatever reason uh you've got the uh the baddie that's uh why am I blanking on the wrestler's name right now uh oh Batista yeah the Batista played and there was like hey let's give him something you know silly like one of the old Bond villains had okay what do you want to do gold armor no he's done that already mate alright laser eyes no what if we gave him gold thumbnails (laughs) and he just tries to poke people's eyes out with them yeah I love it I I love it I guess it's amazing cut the check you think it's going to be memorable (laughs) I mean honestly most people are probably going to miss that we even got him they're going to think he's just into weird fingernail painting you know I don't know it's like they so they they leaned into it, but like barely. Yeah, right. They like right. brushed it on the on yep. <laughs> on the tube. Yep. It's like, and, and you notice it, especially when they do, because so Anna de Armas's character in this film is very much that. The whole scene uh, from the minute they kind of show up and they you know they they do that whole thing together, all of that feels very like this is kind of fun and tongue in cheek, and it's got all the action, it's got all the drama, it's got everything you would want in a James Bond action film and it's just got this wonderful glimpse of like oh so you can do it like <laughs> you can be grounded and yeah. silly like you well, can do both and, and it works and there's a but, there, but then at the same time in this film there's a hench person who's got a robotic eye yes and they may as well not have right you know it comes up one time really <laughs> yes in the whole film and it does lead to a very classic Bond line right but uh, all the way through it up to that point it's just sort of like well I'm sure why not I yeah. guess you know give give that eye a purpose that thing should have been able to shoot lasers or yeah, something right you know what I mean <laughs> right yeah I, I think that's probably my biggest problem look the action is beautiful it, it's uh, I you, you if you've listened to the show long enough you know that I am a sucker for practical effects um, and they do a fantastic job with most of them mm-hmm. uh, it, there's very few uh, where I was like, oh, that didn't look good. Most of it looks pretty fantastic, yeah, to be in honest. In fact, there's a sequence that's not actually a one but it does look like one. Yes, yes, and that that's a, that's that true detective I was talking about. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get uh, it's, there. It's a good-looking action scene, yeah. and again, to the casual viewer, you'd be like, wow, they did that in one take. But w- once you know how they did that extended sequence in uh, Kingsman... Oh, yeah. Where, ...with the wipes... It's like you look for it, and so yeah, every right. time, every time a back would swing by the camera, yeah. it's like there's a cut, there's a cut. Yeah, well, like if you've watched, you know, the Daredevil scene, you know, that's that hallway scene. Yep. Uh, hell, if you've watched Birdman, which is supposed to be all one take, um, yeah, you know, you, you do start to see little camera tricks yeah. and things that they do. Yeah. But it's still done very well. No, though. it's still done very, very well, and yeah, it props to the director and the stunt coordinators and, and all of that because it, it does look really, really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Should we rate it? Uh, yeah. 
This is going to be a weird one to rate. Because it is. Here's it the really thing. I, I feel like this is a very divisive film uh, in the Bond camp. You know what I mean? Like, so here's what I'm going to say. If you are a fan of the Daniel Craig Bond films, I feel like you're probably going to enjoy this. Mostly, I think you're going to enjoy it. I think you're going to be like, it's a good send-off, uh, great way to round out the story, yada, 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 right? If you're not into the Daniel Craig Bond era, you, you're still not going to be. It's not, you know, this is going to do nothing for you. There's some nods to the more classic Bond, you know, Roger Moore, Pierce Brosnan type era. There's a few, there's a few more nods to that in this but not enough that's going to make you change your mind if you're already not on board. So, that being said, I might give it... Uh, you know, I'm going to give it 3.5... Yeah? 3.5 3 Felix Lighter Cigars <laughs> out of 5. That's, that's good. Um, yeah, I agree. I do feel like this film is very divisive. Uh, and, and for me, not being a huge fan of just James Bond in general, and then also not being a fan of the... Dan oh, and it's not even that I don't like them. I'm just not invested in them. They're just not films that I go... I, I, I don't reminisce fondly about how Casino Royale changed the spy game. I just don't... It was fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like people just have this massive love letter to that film. And I just... I don't even watch it when I can see it for free. It's just not a film that really does anything for me. Um, so I, I'm going to go... I don't want to go too low because then I feel like no one's ever going to listen to me again. Yeah, uh, actually, I feel like people are going to be pretty angry if I go lower than a certain yeah, amount. Well, you know, and I'm, honestly, I, I feel like I went too low. I'm actually going to say four. Okay, because, that, that makes this easier. Then. Yeah, because it, it is... I do feel it gets slow in the middle. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but I think there's more to enjoy here than there's not. The runtime is ridiculous and it feels as long as it is. Yeah. So, and, and really in the second act. It, the first and third act, I was like, oh, this is just move it along. There we go. But yeah, it, it slows to a screeching halt in the second act. Um, I am going to give this. God, I want to go. So, I feel bad. I, I'm sorry. I just. It's all right. I'm gonna do this. It's still gonna be low ball, and you're probably never gonna believe anything I ever say again. Uh, but I'm gonna go 2.75. Wow. I've only been doing this for three weeks. <laughs> I wanted to go free, but it just it. I don't. I don't know. Maybe I'll change it later. Look, when what, we're you, all, spoilers, what but... you all have to understand is that Benjamin. Old, old Benjamin Maker over Benjamin here. Benjamin Maker. He's, <laughs> he's, he's not really that into just Bond as a, as a uh, heart. Yeah, it's just... No, it's And it should be my thing, to be honest. A, a womanising spy with a licence to kill who's also British? What? What's not to like? I don't understand what my beef is. But it, it just doesn't... I, I don't know. I, I, I prefer campier versions of James Watt. For me... Right. The tongue-in-cheek camp is what makes Bond Bond for me. And while, yes, I know that people have just been craving and leaning into this kind of grounded Bond, that has just never done it for me. It's just never been something that I've been into or, or really want. Um, and, and I feel like there's just plenty of other things that do that uh, and do it better, to be honest. 
Um, so yeah, it, it's just not my thing. I'm sorry, but yeah, two point seven five. I've only been doing this for three weeks. Wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, well, shall we? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Spoil the song and do the spoiler song. Do the spoiler song and do the spoiler song. Do the spoiler song. All right. The spoiler song of Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's right. Am I six? Here we come. Yeah. So if you don't want the intimate details, you know, get out. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna reveal. Yeah. We're gonna reveal it all. We're gonna we're gonna get get down to the you know the old birthday suit of details yeah, right. just like they do in Bond films yep, not, not enough of that apparently I'm not going to lie but I've got other complaints I mean that was so a pretty was, revealing dress it, it she was, was wearing it was but I love her so I was, much I just she is was, we don't we don't deserve her the sheer physics Kate. of how the dress stayed in place <laughs> yes while she was actioning it up it might as well have been a Q gadget to be honest yeah. <laughs> Might as well. That's American CIA technology <laughs> at work. A very hard work. I oh, should look great. Um, uh, yeah. So look, we, we are going to spoil it. So if you don't want to know, yeah. or you do, you don't care. Stick around. Just, it's just fine. Just keep in but... mind, she was born in '88, so it's even a little creepy for you to be. It sorry is to her. not. We're five years apart, mate. <laughs> That's not. But and that puts us both in our thirties, so we're fine. <laughs> Everything is fine. If I was 18 and she was 13, yes, we'd have a problem. Yeah, that, well, that would be... But we're not. That would be weird. We're, we're talking 32 and 37. <laughs> that is acceptable. Sorry, I didn't know you was going to be so touchy about Don't it. ruin this for me, Caitlin. I love her. I'll have, I'll have your people call her people. <laughs> Set something up. I will die on whatever hill she tells me to die on. And I would like to introduce you to Benjamin Maker. <laughs> and let me tell you, he puts the men in Benjamin. Oh, how could she not go for that? I don't understand. It's, oh, oh, good Lord. What do you mean she's changed the number? <laughs> she quit acting and went into the witness protection program. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Um, so if you can't tell, I love her. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, look, so this film, I don't even know where to start with spoilers. I mean, obviously we've already kind of touched on how connected it is to Spectre, but I don't, I don't think we've really leaned yeah, into I mean, it. It's uh, the, the weird part is that it's very connected to Spectre in the sense that they introduced the main love interest in Spectre. Right. And then at the start of this, everything that they went through in Spectre, I felt like would have built more trust you know and even though yes Bond has been lied to many a time before right, right. it just felt like they'd already been through some things you know yeah. against Blofeld and all that sort of stuff so the fact that they start this off with Blofeld sending a, a spectre attack and then being like ah you girl betrayed you and even though she's like I didn't do it I didn't do it and it's very clear like you're supposed to be an expert. That's why you play that poker game because you're expert at reading people. Right. And like she's professing her, her love to you, and you're just like, no, can't be bothered, mate. <laughs> All right. What's funny is, see, and what's and this is something that again, it's just not communicative enough for being because of how connected it is to a franchise that I'm just not invested in. So for me, I didn't even get that. I thought he was sending her away because he was trying to save her. I didn't even, it didn't even register that he didn't, that he, he thought she was part of Spectre. That revelation came way later in the film. 
Um, so yeah, it, it, it's all very. A lot of those things will only really resonate with you if you are very familiar with what has transpired first uh, in in the prior film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then of course we do what <laughs> this film teased me in a way that I don't like being teased. So. We open, you know, just big with our with the the bond and the gun barrel, and uh, but then they did that weird shot where like we pan, we came through the gun barrel to the snow. And I was like, yes, they, do they, they don't normally do that. That was right, felt weird. But cutting to snow, I was like, all right, now we're getting back to classic Bond because that used to be like a staple of Bond. It was like we're going to open the film with an action set piece in snow, or yeah. in, you know, in the mountains with snow. And I was like, here we go. And then that wasn't it. No. It was a flashback to establish Rami Malek's character's connection to this new girl. Right. And it was like, okay. <laughs> it's such a loose, it's such a flimsy connection too. Like, it just, oh, I don't know. Everything surrounding this villain is just so, uh, they couldn't be bothered. <laughs> To, to write him, I, I feel like they wrote the film and then they were like, "Oh, oh, bugger! We need a, we need a villain. <laughs> Quick, well, call Rami." <laughs> and it, it does feel like, and, and not to the same extent, but in this, in much the same way that like Star Wars, you know, the new trilogy sort of didn't have a plan. This feels like there was maybe the framework of a plan, yeah. but not really, right. and so. It's, you know, because they're really leaning into that Mr. White business. And Mr. White was a nobody in the first film. And then he turned into a some major somebody for the rest of the movies. And yeah. we're to the point where we're still getting references to him. Right. You know? And and, the, and again, this, is, this speaks to just how connected these films are. I don't even know who that is. That's how unfamiliar I am with just the, the overall lore of the Daniel Craig franchise and I, look, you're lucky I even know who Vespa is. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's Casino Royale style. And yeah. that, that's a driving force of this film. And it's just like. Well, and it's just, but, to, just to give you some perspective on who this man was in the first film. Okay. He doesn't really have a name. Okay. You know, you know, again, we find out as Mr. White, but he shows up. Uh, you remember when Bond is being tortured by getting getting his old twig and berries mashed up by the rope by, by Le Chief. Yes, sure. He's tied to the chair and he's hitting him with the, in the bollocks. Uh, sure. Yeah, so... A man, <laughs> I haven't seen this film in a very long time. A man shows up, opens a door, and shoots Le Chief. That's Mr. White. He vanishes from the movie from then on. Uh, and then at the end of the film, Bond shows up at a house where this man is at. He shoots him in the leg and then says some sort of witty Bond thing, and then the movie ends. And then we start the second film with that man being captured, and that leads to Quantum and all this stuff. But he's not like a major character, but then he sort of like evolves into like a mate, like he's, he's part of Spectre, and he's way more important than he should be, and you know, he, he, he doesn't even end up dead until uh, Spectre, I think. Because uh, that, that's, yeah, that's where his daughter, the love interest, is introduced. And that this, and, but apparently he killed Rami Malik's family on Spectre's behalf. That's what we're supposed to. Yeah, do. that's the driving force of this one. 
yeah. yeah. See, look, and all of that is just way too complicated for someone who's not invested in this franchise. Like that, that is just the fact that you had to spend that much time explaining this character who one isn't in this film. <laughs> but two but also, is a driving force of this film. But also, this he shows up when she's a child to kill this man who is not at home. So he kills her mum, and he almost kills her, but then he spares her, right? Right. And then you're telling me that he just buggers off and never tries to kill Mr. White again until now? <laughs> because he's where has he been all this time? <laughs> Been on his island, he, mate. He was able to figure out where this man, where his family lived. But you're telling me it wasn't able to track down this man or any other part of Spectre before. Yeah, now it's, it's all it, this whole character. Oh, excuse me. The film is very long. <laughs> um, now, so this whole character is just his motivations. This idea that, like, I would almost be fine if it was just a revenge story. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking we were gonna do the comparing to Inglorious Bastards uh, where it was going to be a thing where she basically escaped and he should have killed her but he just he didn't and he let her go essentially you know assuming that she's going to run off into the woods and be eaten by bears I don't know uh, you know what I mean and then he discovers you know years down the line as he's trying to build his grand plan that she is actually alive and she still has you know connections to Spectre and so now he's like, oh, she came back. She's all involved. i got to solve this for my family. And, you know, opts to wipe Spectre out. Okay, I don't know. But it, but then it's just like, who are you? But yeah. Spectre is supposed to be the organization. Like, there's crime and then there's Spectre. Like, that's, that's the level that they're supposed to operate on. And he's just like, yeah, I'm going to rob a lab. And uh, you're all dead. So there you go. I'm brilliant. You're welcome. And you know, look, that in that actual scene where he wiped out Spectre was actually a good one. It was felt very James Bond. Right. Because it's like James Bond shows up at this place. There's all these Spectre agents around and then they tap into this feed that's actually Blofeld transmitting from prison. And he knows that Bond is there and it's supposed to be a trap where they release this these nanobots into the air that's supposed to kill Bond in front of everyone in Spectre uh, on the birthday of Blofeld. Blofeld, yeah, right. like you do. Um, That's what I want for my yeah. birthday. <laughs> but instead, Romy Malik's character has reversed the virus to where it, it only targets the Spectre agents, and so when it comes down, it kills everyone else except for Bond. And it's like, that's a very good scene. Yeah. But, yeah, the, the villain itself just never... Yeah. Never really, you know, because you, you're right. It's like, if it would have been revenge, and like, you know, then maybe he goes after MI6 because they didn't protect his family or something it sounded like his family was bad people anyway but yeah right it's like whatever um <laughs> it's all they were innocent yeah <laughs> but they, they owned the poison garden for crying yeah. out loud but the fact that like it just turns into i want to destroy the world yeah for it, reason. Like, we don't even have a good a really good reason it's not like that you know it's not like there's money involved or you know what? What's what do you gain by wiping out all these people? Right, and it's right. You, you know he's got some sort of weird delusions, but we don't get the full grasp of it, and it just seems very cookie cutter. Yeah, and, and you don't get the you don't get the chaos that he's trying to create. Like, and it, it, for it, whatever reason, he also wants to. So just 
again to parallel James Bond and the age of the women playing his his love interests you've got Romy Malek's character who shows up as an adult man to murder this little girl doesn't kill her comes back when she's an adult and now wants her as his bride essentially <laughs> it's like well 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 <laughs> you French girls <laughs> um, uh, yeah I I feel like it almost would have been better if you, you could have had the whole thing where like his family was murdered by Spectre and he somehow survived and it would have made more sense if he had actually joined Spectre he'd become like this infiltrator because he's so brilliant and he's so good that he'd been secretly working for Spectre and so he was the one that set this whole plan in motion to you know trap Bond for Blofeld but then it turns out that he's actually has this huge vendetta against Spectre and he's the one that wipes them all out well to me that just feels because now you can still have that great scene, because it is a great scene, and that leads into my other favorite scene of the film, uh, which is Anadamas kicking ass for like 30 seconds, uh, and then they get a drink, and it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. It's so great. It's, yeah, it's some of the best Bond and her in the <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so great. The, the whole scene, everything about it, the way it's all framed, is just done very, very well. Uh, Anna de Armas seems to be tapping into what Bond should actually be. <laughs> like she's yeah. cheeky, she's fun, she's light, she kicks ass. It's and, great. And Bond <laughs> is also the Bond he should be. Yes. That's the very yes. same scene. Like they're, they're they're playing off each other well. Right. You know, and we also get the other 007 in that scene, but also not as much <laughs> right. fun. But that would have been a great. That it yeah. would have been a great antithesis to pit them against each other, where Bond is like teaming up with his girl and they're having all this fun. And she's the new soldier that's like, no, we don't have fun. And, like, you can see that contrast a bit more. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, uh, to me, that would have just made more sense. Because you just... He needs to have something else other than, my bad family was murdered, so I'm going to kill the world. And it's like, but... No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then this idea that, like, you're going to blame it all on Bond and this girl? Like, where did well, that vendetta come well, from? And, and, honestly, you could have... You could have had it start as revenge, and you could have had him kill Spectre, right? And then, you know, you have a scene where, like, maybe he's on a projection or something like that. But you have him just be like, hey, yeah, I've killed Spectre, you know, because I've got the means to. And, you know, but the problem is they saw the world a certain way and, you know, sort of agree with them. The world's a messed up place, and I've got the power to play God. Essentially, yeah, I'm gonna change then, it in my own image. Yeah, and I feel like maybe that's what was going on, but it just I don't feel like we got it explained enough. And you don't, you don't get that until they finally face yeah. off, like but at if, the end of the film. Yeah, but if we would have got there earlier, yes, we could have had, and it really pains me that we didn't, but we could have gotten Bond <laughs> being forced to team up with Blofeld. Yes. In a very like you know, all right, I help you, but you gotta you gotta get let, let these chains up. Yes. And then at some point, obviously, Blofeld is not reliable, and then you get Bond having to deal with two baddies. My God, the, the right. stakes would have been so good. <laughs> but it would have been great because now, like, yes, sure, they, you know, you've, you've accidentally released Blofeld as well. Yeah. And then but got... Blofeld doesn't have any friends. Yeah. All his friends are murdered, so he's basically on his own. And then, like you said, because the old the new 007 doesn't have anything to really do yeah. and now she could track down one of them yeah but like, you, now you've got them both two double o's two double o's two baddies. two baddies it's yeah it no you're absolutely right and they 
like, and you pointed this out because it's a huge disservice to her, but they do have this kind of secondary villain that's like supposed to be that. He's like the the backstabbing CIA agent. Oh, they yeah. Worked for, he's so pointless and they make such a big deal about him. And so 007, uh, she goes after him. That's, that's what she's tracking him. And obviously you want to make it all about Bond and that's fine. Uh, and so it turns out that in her tracking, uh, he is coming for Bond and the girl and, and his daughter and all of that. So, you know, they, they have to run away and it leads to an action chasing, right? What should have happened <laughs> is 007 comes in, teams up with Bond and ends up getting her man. And she ends up either killing him or getting him from or whatever the case may be. But she ends up getting what she came for. That would have been great. All right, she's got something to do. She's got a man. Yep. She's efficient. She's the soldier. Uh, whatever, right? None of that happens. <laughs> she doesn't even show up until it's all over. No, she doesn't, she doesn't share one minute of screen time no. with this man that she was supposed to be tracking down. No. And he dies so unceremoniously. Uh, yeah. It, no monologue. No, no. no big speech. Nothing. I mean, just... it, was a, but it was a great Bond moment because it was just like, you know, I'm not going to take, you know, this is, this is for Felix. <laughs> You know, but, but at the same time, it's like all these sort of like baddies that are built up go out with a whimper, right? Including Blofeld. Yeah, that was just, what a waste. Just <laughs> what a waste. I I get it. That, you know, he's got the beef with Blofeld, and that's all well and fine. But like you said, you either release him or you give him the Silence of the Lambs treatment, and you let him be the <laughs> the go-to for them to try to solve this crime and figure out who he is. He should be the one with all the secrets, not this girl. He's not Madeline. Madeline should not be the one that's got all it. Like, it should be Blofeld that helps them realize who he is, realize what he's doing, and then, sure, maybe you can kill him. But yeah. you should definitely have this... You, you should absolutely have this Silence of the Lambs moment. And you have it once, and then he dies. Unsa like, just... Okay. And you knew it was going to happen. And he dies <laughs> off screen. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's such a waste. But also, I mean, I felt like, even at the end... So, when, when things start to pick back up in the third act, I do feel like that also the the villain never really felt like a, th a threat yes to me because yeah. at one point you know he's he's got he's got diseases <laughs> he's got he's got nanobots that can kill you <laughs> yeah that he never uses and right. uh and he's got this little girl which turns out to be bond's daughter and she's the perfect bargaining chip right and even one point he gets away with her and he's going down a tunnel and the little girl bites him on the hand and then he's like hey oh you don't want me well then you can be on your own and the little girl's like peace and just runs off and I was like that was your bargaining chip yeah. mate alright go find your dad and then the and then he disappears from the movie until he shows up right at the end to do the the deus ex uh, yeah. you know <laughs> blood vial yeah <laughs> to make it to where Bond can never be near his child or his, uh, his love interest yeah. again. And it was just like... Which is fine. Like, it's a good one-upper. I, I like that. I like that idea. But it's just the way that it's... You're absolutely right. This idea that, like, you're supposed to be the smart one. <laughs> you're supposed to be the maniacal villain with the big plan. And you're going to be like, yeah, all right, just 
make a left down the hall, kid. <laughs> Your mum will find you. Yeah. Like, what? Fun. What? You should have had, like, the classic rooftop standoff. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it just... Yeah, there's no rescue for her. It's just... I don't know. It, it felt... It felt cheap. And then you're right. When he shows back up to, you know, yeah. close the, the, the doors. And you're just like, where did you come from? What are you leaving? What are you doing? Uh, again, he just he just disappears. And yeah. then he shows back up to to get in a little scuffle with Bond and break that vial on his face. And yeah. it's like, if the daughter would have been around, that you could have really intensified the stakes. I mean, I don't know how the daughter would have gotten off the island. But in framed in a different way, if the daughter would have been there and, you know, he's like, don't, don't do it, Bond, or I'll, I'll kill her. And somehow Bond one-ups him. They get into a, a scuffle and then he breaks the thing on Bond's face. And then Bond comes to the realization and the little girl's like running towards him and he's like, no, and makes her stay. And just the heartbreak you'd see in yeah, his face about having right. to keep her away from him. Right. And then you have the, the love interest show up. They have maybe their emotional goodbye in person, but at a distance. Yeah. You know, right. it could have been something. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. They absolutely could have done something like that. And yeah, oh my God, you could have even included the other 007. Yeah. <laughs> they, they all could have had that face off in the garden. And, you know, she could have been either, you know, standing on a bird's eye, taking care of henchmen, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So she, that when they have that realization, when, when, you know, they finally kill, uh, you know, this villain, they finally get him down and he does the whole, you know, I gotcha Bond. Uh, and then Bond has this realization. Madeline and the daughter could be there. They could try to advance. Bond, you know, separates them. And then 007 is there to kind of be like that intermediate. Yeah. She realizes what's going on. And you know, she could even be, ah, uh, you know, yeah. the audience perspective. And then she's and the, the one that gets them out. And then she's the one that gets them out. And that, to me, that's way more impactful. Yeah. Like, I would feel that. And I'm not even connected to and, them. And even if you didn't want two double O's facing off against, you know, weenie Rami Malik over here. <laughs> You could have had uh, Cyclops villain could have been fighting 007 yeah, right. instead of fighting Bond. Yeah. Which was also a pretty quick and pointless fight, but it did have one of my favourite lines because yes. that was that was a very James Bond. <laughs> it was line one of those nods when the EMP watch goes off and fragged that eye, which is the only time the eye really comes into play. Yeah. Um, but then you know, yeah, I was, was showing him your watch, blew his mind. It was, yeah. it was a great line. It's so good, <laughs> so good. Don't know why the EMP didn't frag your earpiece, but that's <laughs> that's beside the point. <laughs> well, no, he took like eight grenades to the face, and he was he was fine. So <laughs> I'm just saying, I know it was a short range EMP, but your wrist was near his eye, which was near your face. <laughs> that earpiece should have been dead. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it that whole sequence though it does come at a at a after a really good sequence. It's one of those one shot track uh, that makes it look like it's all done in one shot, and it's done very very well. It's on a stairwell. It's in a very closed off kind of area. It looks it looks fantastic, yeah. and uh, it, I, I would almost venture to say, maybe not. I think Daredevil did it first. I think Daredevil might have done it first, but I do know that they have a scene like that in True Detective. And it's in like the second episode or something like that of that first season. And Kerry also directed that episode. And it's just phenomenal. I mean, it's easily one of the best one-shot tracking shots that you've ever seen. Um, and so he does a good job here. I think it looks yeah. really, really good. Uh, and it's one of those ones where you don't, you don't catch on right away. Like it, it's happening and you're like, oh, this is a cool action. Oh, 
Oh, that camera's following him. <laughs> it's not moving. Oh, okay, we're doing one of those single shots. All right, I like this. Um, so yeah, it, it's a very good scene. Uh, and I, I wish there was more of that. I wish there was more one-liners. Um, and yeah, I definitely, I agree with you. The villain holds this back. I, I could almost excuse the connections to films I don't care about if you gave me a villain through which to care about them. Because that scene that you just described, sure, I don't know who Madeline is, if you didn't tell me, right? I don't know that. But I, I know what a daughter is, you know what I mean? I know what that is, so I don't necessarily need to be fully invested in their love interest. If you give me a moment like that, where he's like, don't come near me, I can never touch you again, and you just see that heartbreak in his face, you see the heartbreak in Madeline's face, the daughter doesn't know what's going on, like, all of that is just just framing you don't even need anything else to go on with that and it just feels right you know mm. what i mean yeah i mean i i can see why they did it the way they did it because you know if you did it the way that i said that is one heartbreaking ending <laughs> yeah <laughs> and while if this it's still a heartbreaking ending the way that they do it it's more look uplifting is not the word i would use <laughs> but it's always it's more heroic the uh, way yeah. like he's you know, he's on the top of the thing, yeah. and looking out, and... And I mean, I feel like you could probably still do that. Yeah, I, but you could, you could still do it. But, but yeah, no, it's... But it's also like... You're already going for grit. You're already going for drama and sadness in this franchise. So if you're not going to lean into the camp, yeah. you might as well lean into that and just make it a tragic but beautiful send-off. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would have been really touching. Yeah, and, and uh, it was. Yeah, oh, by the way, Bond dies. Um, but you know, <laughs> spoilers. Uh, uh. It's, <laughs> and it's fine. You got a little moment with the team, you know, with 007, with M, um, with Q and Money Penny and that other chap. <laughs> oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Um, you know, <laughs> he just runs in the rooms and yeah. goes M. Yeah. Um, M's like, I oh, know, mate. I go make me coffee. Think, I think that's Basil Exposition. Is that, <laughs> yeah, yes, that's who yeah, that is. That's who it is. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> uh, you know, they have their little tribute, which was like, yeah, it was fine, I guess. Yeah. Like, you know, and then and then it ends with uh, Madeline and her daughter driving on a countryside, and she's like, I'm going to tell you a story about a man named Jed. Um, no, that's not. <laughs> no, yet. no, no, no. But about a man named Bond. Bond. Yes. James Bond. Yeah. Bond, yeah, old Bond clamping. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Benjamin Maker. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's... Why do they call you M? Well, my name's Benjamin. <laughs> it's, good, it's a good change. It's a good change. I think M is right. I think, uh, I don't know if that's your name, but I'm just going to call you M. <laughs> it just, makes me feel better. I just... I sort of want to legally change my name to Benjamin now. I, I kind of do too, to be honest. It's starting to grow on me. The more we say it, the more I'm like, no, that's who I am. I'm Benjamin Maker. <laughs> you can skip the first name. Maker's a pretty good last name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem is then no one calls you M. They call you Eminem. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ooh. wow. All anyway. Right. None of that has anything yeah. to do with how the film ends. Um, um, no, so there's no there's no mid-credit or anything. Right, But right. it does say at the end of the credits that James Bond will be back. Yes. Uh, you know, but but different. <laughs> Presumably not by Daniel Craig. It's probably. Uh, I feel like when he comes back, it's going to be Nicolas Cage, and he will have taken Bond's face <laughs> off. I would love a Nicolas Cage James Bond film. 
just even just as a bad guy. It was right. Oh my god, Rami, quick, remake this movie with Nicolas Cage as this villain. I mean, even just go back two films and make Nicolas Cage Blofeld. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I really never thought I'd say this, but that would honestly make the film better. I'm like really excited for this prospect. I mean, just all the same lines, all the same beats. Yeah. But with Nicolas Cage's delivery, you'd be like, wait, are they really brothers or is he lying to him? You wouldn't know. You would have no idea. He'd go to his grave with these mysteries. It'd be so good. No, he's just messing with him. That's all. Oh, it'd be so great. I would love that so much. <laughs> all right. Well, oh, I well. feel like we've genuinely ruined this franchise for you. Yeah, probably. Um, if yeah. you've stuck around this long, <laughs> clearly you're in it for us and not yeah, Bond. Yeah, not Bond. Um, yeah, overall, uh, look, the film is is fine. There, there are a lot of good things to enjoy. I think that uh, I think the action is great. I, I, I genuinely enjoy the new additions to the cast. Uh, you know, even if they're underutilized and, and, you know, especially with the women characters, I just feel like they're, they have all of this potential to be great. And we, we get the briefest of moments, like with this 007 and, you know, Bond, we get the briefest of moments of their potential. Like, there's so much there that you can do. And I feel like they just aren't given enough. And then again, with Ana de Armas's character, I get it. A Bond girl shows up and then she leaves very quickly. It's very, staple the bond but she's just so good and they're so good together like they're so good together that you're just kind of like yeah like if you're really gonna do the bond girl thing give her more to do and then kill her in the third act like that's you know what i mean like that's that's the kind of stuff that i wanted and i feel like they just they show these moments of leaning into the camp and then they just back off it entirely and you're like no just balance it out mate make it 50 50 and and yeah I think for me, it's just what I'm most curious about is what what is the future for James Bond? Because obviously Craig's out, you know, so they're going to have to bring a new one in. And it's not going to be... Because it didn't say 007 will return. It said James Bond will return. Mm. Which means we're starting all over again, folks. We're going to, you know, new Bond. Yeah. And where do you go from here do you right. do you try to go back and recap because I feel like you know a lot of things are like trying to recapture the nostalgia so right. are you try you try to bring back the old Sean Connery Roger Moore era of Bond or are you going to try to do more Bond like this Bond right or are you going to be like hey you know what's doing really well Mission Impossible let's make Bond more like that you know which, yeah, which no. way are you going to go with it yeah no you're absolutely right and it, it is a it is a difficult question uh, because there's a there's a want for both right like people like this nitty gritty kind of you know dirty type of James Bond uh, and that's a thing that's in like the you know taking properties and grounding them is, is something that is very very common right now but also that's extremely common, like we've seen, is this resurgence of reinventing nostalgia, doing everything with this beautiful balance of tongue and cheek. And you see that with things like Cobra Kai, which is, which is a fantastic example of being able to continue the story and, and build on it, but also always recognizing where they came from. It's just this wonderful balance. And I feel like you could do that for Bond too. You can have both of those. So yeah, it's really hard to tell 
what we're going to get in like 2025 yeah. <laughs> when the I, next one comes out. I mean, me personally, I would just like to see a Bond film where James Bond is a good, um, what's the word, spy. Oh, yeah, right. Because well, Good luck on that, mate. Because I don't know about the novels. <laughs> it's been 80 years we haven't seen that. I don't know about the novels, but James Bond is one of the worst <laughs> spies in the history of spies. <laughs> He's good at drinking, shagging, and somehow surviving to the end. Like, everyone knows who you are, mate. <laughs> like, well, even when you're given a cover, you just be like, no, no, no. My name's Bond. James Bond. 007. Call him 06. Yeah, Let him know. Just like, just like, James Bond. Do we know that name? Yeah, it's in the database. <laughs> Says here you're an MI6 agent. How oh, well you caught me. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess let's just do this thing, you know. <laughs> Play some cards and shag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casino Royale. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie in forever. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a terrible spy. <laughs> yeah. I, look, if you if you're a big fan of the the whole series and and you've been invested in all of it, you know, honestly, I think you probably might come away liking this film more than mm. I did. I really do. I, I think my reservations are part film just in general just critiquing films overall uh but there's also a lot to be said for just not being invested in the daniel craig era of no. james bond and just james bond in I general mean, look, yeah, and maybe you change it up from time to time if you're going to keep the bond franchise going which i feel like bond is never going to die yeah maybe you switch it up a bit you yeah. know go go back to that get, get an actor in there who can bring the charm and cheese of roger moore and and cheeky it up a bit you know do, yeah. do a few films like that and then and then maybe once people are over that again then yeah swing back into the series you yeah, know right so yeah. but you've heard it here first the next villain has to be Nick Cage I, yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know why this hasn't happened yet do it before he dies alright <laughs> yes please <laughs> please do it while he's still accepting roles for anything because <laughs> I look I wouldn't say that he would I don't think Nicolas Cage would die of a drug overdose no but I think he might die from pretending to have a drug overdose <laughs> on a film. If you watched any of his films lately, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's, it's very true. Or, or his mind just might crack yeah. from all the weird shit he does. It's true. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, well, this has been Cineblokes. I'm Benjamin Maker. And I'm Burroughs. Kalen Burroughs. And we will see you after the next film. Thank you.